The Movie Hour, episode 68, January 21st, 2010. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome one and all to tonight's podcast, the Hank Azaria Hazard Area Movie Hour. I'm your host, Greg Maloney, joined by my brother James and our mutual sophisticated friend, Jeff Henderson. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Hi, kids. I just want everyone to know that I'm going to be relaxing in PJs for this episode. PJs? Yeah. I want everyone Fuck to it. know that I'm, that I'm drinking, so no more sophistication for me. Finally, ignorance is bliss in the world of rap, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> You're back! You're back, baby. Hey. I'm already drink- I'm already drinking water. It's already steaming in the steaming in the studio today. We need to get some windows in here, man. Get some windows. Soundproof is just it's not working today. Not working. Um, yeah, it's been a, a very fascinating week. Uh, Jeff has been gone, and a sophisticated Jeff left on the plane and came. And Jeff, the the drunk, came back. Thank God. And uh, uh, yeah, tell us about your trip, dude. Tell us about your trip. I went down to Arizona to visit with my little sister. She goes to school down there. Um, met up with uh, my girlfriend. Came down. I went down Friday. My girlfriend came down Saturday, and we both stayed till Monday. It's a nice little trip. You know, the weather there is quite a bit nicer than it is here in Michigan, uh, especially this time of year. Just lovely out there. We 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 climbed up a small mountain. We went out and did a lot of uh, fun little restaurant things, and uh, had a couple drinks. It was just a very nice night overall, or very nice uh, weekend rather. Very Detroit nice. has restaurant too, Jeff. Restaurant, restaurants. Yeah, too, Jeff. <laughs> Detroit has <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, that's we've, we've already been to it. So it's, is it, yeah. Is your sister a sun devil? Yeah, my sister is a sun devil. As a matter of okay. fact. Oh man, they're gonna find her now. The paparazzi are gonna find her. Way to go, James. Well, you know, she she has a different last name, so I don't think it'd be a problem. Yeah, true, true. She's crazy like that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy you're back, and uh, we're we're back in the saddle here at the movie hour, here to uh, share our perfect opinions with everyone else that uh, that wants to catch up on the the movie news and what we think about uh, where the movie industry and the movies themselves are headed and how good they are. That's 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 our job here. Um, but before we want to get to that, I don't even want our job. That's our job. I didn't even want to talk about about this. I was just here for the free drinks. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. I've been told over and over, just show up, bring beer, show up, bring beer. The cheese platter is delicious, by the way, (laughs) if you can get a chance to, chance to have some of it. There's some really good, uh, blue cheese on there. Anyhow, um, actually, I didn't even want to start talking about movies. I wanted to talk about, because this is a, another small passion of mine. I think Jeff's even a bigger fan. Uh, talk, we're talking about the late night extravaganza shit going on with Conan O'Brien and Jay Leno and the Tonight Show and all that, uh, all that fun stuff. It's been all over the place, so it's sort of hard to ignore. But the thing I wanted to point out was I've been watching uh, the Conan, sh- the Tonight Show, Conan Show, recently, and I'm starting to get the feel, which is, comes into our show. Was it reminds me of Network the movie of how the Conan O'Brien finds out he's pretty much getting screwed and getting axed, and then they put him on for one more show, and he sort of makes some joke at the network's expense. But then they're like, you know what? The, the ratings are pretty high. Maybe we'll just you know keep him on and just have him stick around. Who knows what the hell is he going to say? Why not? And uh, they've been having just through the roof ratings recently, pretty much just because all the the drama. And uh, this is a little different because he's not going to go on and. Uh, Finally, get killed by the end of the by the end of the shows. You don't know uh, that. Yeah, that's I guess right. We don't you know. don't. His last days. Be... 
You could have an evangelical show by the time this is all done. Yeah, yeah, it could be. His show is Irish. (laughs) And he's having more, he's, it seems like he's saying more and more shit every, every day, that's for sure. And uh, his last show is the 22nd, so I guess we'll find out, um, or at least from what I understand, it's the 22nd. Uh, but yeah, very funny stuff. If you haven't looked at any of that, any of that, uh, there are a ton of videos of just clips of the intros of them just taking jabs at each other. Uh, Jay, Conan, Lutterman, Kimmel, all of them. It's it's pretty funny. I just um, like the idea of a Letterman like fanning the flames. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, seems like they're having a little problem over there at uh, NBC. Huh? <laughs> Anybody got any gum? Is that a? <laughs> hey, you got any gum? Is that a go boy? I, got a... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my microphone. Doesn't really did the impression's perfect. Right. It's <laughs> and speaking of which, I forgot how funny Andy Richter can be on the on the Conan Hilarious. show. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's doing a good job. Um, Are we taking bets that on the twenty second, Norm Macdonald makes an appearance? Hmm, that's a good. That's tough. Him he is and, the super guest. Yeah, him and the White Stripes are musical guests. Probably, we'll see. Um, but yeah, funny stuff. If you guys haven't haven't seen any of it, I recommend checking it out. Uh, YouTube.com, ching ching. You'll you'll find find the videos there. Anyway, on to our uh, illustrious uh, Hollywood rundown. As you guys know, we were going to name uh, the Hollywood rundown this week, and we we completely planned on that. Uh, things didn't turn out as well as uh, well as they'd seem. But uh, Greg, yeah, Greg, t- Greg, 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 I, I got this. I, Greg, <laughs> okay. okay. Due to overwhelming response with with uh, with new ideas for the name of our Hollywood rundown, we're gonna have to put it off one more week. Keep those responses coming. We have our new intern Rogie working on this. <laughs> He's answering all the emails personally, receiving all the phone calls. His phone number is. <laughs> Greg, you can put a beep in there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, two, four, eight. Seven, two. <laughs> no, as, as Jeff did say, as Jeff did say, we are, um, we are gonna name it next week. We promise it's gonna happen. Don't worry. Uh, it's gonna happen. And we've got, we've got ideas. We just didn't want to put everything, anything set in stone and then take a step back. You know, we didn't want to, we, we're, when we make a decision, we go through with it and we just wanted to make sure we're making the right one. Like that time you told me you were going to go to Avatar with me. Yeah, right, right. I never said I was going to Avatar with you. opposite. On with the Hollywood Rundown, which doesn't have a name yet. The Hollywood Rundown. Topic number one, Twilight's Robert Patterson. Patterson. I always say Patterson. Pattinson. Rumored to be first in line for the role of Peter Parker in Columbia's new Spider-Man relaunch. If that wasn't enough for you, Jim, Mark Webb, the director of your favorite movie of 2009, referenced last episode, was tapped by Marvel Studios to direct it. What, Mar- Michael Sarah didn't want any a part of that, or uh, <laughs> doesn't he just get to pick his roles now? Yeah, him as Spider Man, that'd be fucking awesome. He'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about this whole Mark Webb thing. I did like uh, 500 Days of Summer, but uh, doesn't really seem to be in the same vein. So it'll be interesting for them to throw him at a big budget movie all of a sudden. But uh, yeah, I still stand by the fact that I want Topher Grace to play him. Although people will probably get confused since he was already in the. The movie series, as yeah, the bad yeah. Guy. I, I think he's. I don't think he's allowed back in because he was already already in. Yeah. And he if uh, if Pattinson a, does get the job, though, I mean, his average gross per movie is gonna be huge. I mean, he's been in the Twilight movies. He's been in a couple of the Potter movies. Now he's gonna be Spider Man. Maybe that's pretty crazy. Uh he was in a really bad. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Just it was like three yeah, months but he's ago. only got like one or two other little movies. But you know, right, right. It's still pretty fucking good average. Well, maybe Zoe Deschanel can come in as uh, Mary Jane if uh, Mark Webb's coming over. We'll have like a 500 Days of Summer reunion. It'll be perfect. I would yeah. watch it like the eyes of an angry god. 
<laughs> Topic number two. At the 67th Golden Globe Awards, The Hangover won Best Picture in the Comedy Musical category. Uh, Mike Tyson, who had a small, very, very, very small part in the movie, was celebrating with the actual cast on stage and later on ba- in the pa- on backstage in backstage. Uh, when backstage. A- yeah, yeah. Uh, when asked for his reaction, he told the press that the Globe gave him a new lease on life. This... From what I understand, it was kind of a surprise that he jumped on. I didn't see the awards or you know, any of the backstage party stuff. But right. uh, I mean, if that's the truth, then if I'm an actor or a producer on this and you know going up to receive my award and I see Mike Tyson coming up, I just got to be saying, "Oh shit!" You know, Mike's here. <laughs> you know, I'd still be deathly afraid of this guy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like you're you're up there celebrating one of the greatest moments here. Oh wait, and it's the Golden Globes, not the Oscars, right? It's like a decent right. moment, a decent moment, and you're celebrating. <laughs> yeah. And here comes Mike Tyson, this lunatic, just <laughs> like, "Hey, yeah, me too. Let's party. Let's yeah. drink. Yeah." yeah he's plastered already, and he's coming up. Yeah, well, that's that's bad news. I'm you guys just don't understand Tyson. You don't know. You oh, don't know I Tyson. Like I understand I Mike Tyson. Yeah, right. Topic number three: Paranormal Activity has found itself a sequel. Original director Oren Pelly, I, I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Oren Pelly is taking the producer chair, while Saw Saw Six director Kevin Gruter will direct, and TV TV writer Michael Perry writes the script for the sequel. When asked about Gruter and Perry's involvement, Pelly said, "These guys get it." And the fans will not be disappointed. <laughs> kind of like, like Gruter got it when he was the first assistant editor on Corky Romano. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. He goes what the fans want, Jeff. He's going to get it to when him. he was an associate editor on George of the Jungle Part 2. Did he get it then? <laughs> when, he, when he was the apprentice editor on Ernest Scared Stupid, did he get it? Did he get Ernest? Did hey, he you're, the, you're the Ernest fan. You tell me. I am man. the Ernest fan, and Scared Stupid was the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, go ahead, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they already like learn this lesson from Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two? Oh I mean, no, actually, I, I don't even know what happened to that think, movie, which is probably what you're trying to say. Box, actually, yeah, exactly. No, it made like twenty mil or something like that. So, congrats yeah, on the huge sure box office on this one. So, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised that uh, everyone's going home for this. I'm really curious how, yeah, I'm really curious how uh, the original director, Oren Pelly, or however you pronounce his name, uh, ended up just taking the producer chair. It's like, yeah, you know, you can be the producer. You'll get all, like, you'll take control of everything. Don't worry. We're going to bring in these other directors, no, other writers. This writer. is your baby. Don't yeah. worry. This is your <laughs> yeah, baby. <right. laughs> Oh, He's like, man. who can I think of to add some torture porn to the scenes? Um, let's get the guy from Saw to do this. Yeah, well, no, hold on. The guy from Saw 6. Yeah, um, yeah Saw 6. I did actually want to mention something else about this Kevin Gruter, the guy that directed <laughs> Saw 6. I, I kind of appreciate this because he did edit Saw, Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, and Saw 5. Interesting. So you get the idea that this guy was just waiting in the wings. Like uh, he wasn't good enough to direct Saw Five, but they knew Six was kind of going to be a wash anyway. So like, <laughs> in he comes. But it is nice to see a guy get promoted from inside a movie franchise. Usually they bring in a big shot from outside the movie franchise when one of those big jobs opens up. But uh, congratulations, Kevin! Congratulations. Oh man! Next topic: Production company Lionsgate is now the leading bidder for the Terminator franchise that was put up for auction by the Halcyon Group in September. The leading bid is fifteen million dollars and five percent of future receipts. Not bad. Halcyon, yeah. Lionsgate. 
Who, ca- who cares? Who are these people? It's just like, what is a Lions gate? Yeah. It's like Brett Favre getting traded between arena football teams. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's an old property. Should have retired long ago. And if they ever get the product out, no one will come see it anyway. Let the record show for posterity's sake, for posterity's sake, that Brett Favre is currently in a, in a semifinal team in the NFL at the right <laughs> late 54. So I don't know that that's a, uh, I don't know if that's a, a, the proper, uh, I would say more like LT. Lionsgate did some serious, <laughs> did some serious movies. We had, uh, 310 to Yuma. That was, that was sort of big. Hostile Part 2. Come on now. Okay, so so a serious movie. Sicko. He did. He did Sicko. Rambo. Rambo. People. The the Rambo two thousand eight Rambo. Well, that's was, why they can only afford. Hey, so there's fuck somebody it. that should have retired long ago. Fuck everything. There we go. There you whoa, go. Whoa. <laughs> there's your reference. Sly right Stallone there. is not part of this rundown that was last week. And by the way, for all the naysayers that thought he didn't really get uh, his neck snapped in the he uh neck snapped in a the action sequence. He did, and even sent the X-ray of the plate that's in his neck. So for all those, for all those, dude, dude, shut up! I can, I can get you an X-ray of a plate. You don't want to know where. You don't want to know how. But I can get you that. How, how soon do you need it? How oh, soon man. do you need it? Greg? I know a guy. All right, oh, I, I can get things. Of course you could. Of course you could. Moving on. Director Joe Johnston revealed that they picked up David Lee Roth and Gene Simmons to record some wolf howling for his Wolfman remake, or The Wolfman, however you like to call it. Uh, when asked about their involvement, Johnston said, their stuff became the most useful stuff that we did. Turned out they, u- they used a Gene Simmons howl later on that ended up uh, being a little digitized, but it was uh, apparently Gene Simmons is the howling man. Yeah, they missed the boat on that one. They should have picked up Warren Zevon while he's still alive, doing some werewolf of London. That's going back. We make fun of dead people on this show. Throwback. I thought so. That's what Greg told me. (laughs) I don't make fun of dead people. I I like that joke because he did the werewolves of London. I just like seeing these people in studio. Like, hey, no, that howl wasn't exactly (laughs) what we were looking for. Can you uh, step it up like a couple notches, a little more uh, enthusiasm, Gene? Come on. (laughs) Need it from around the diaphragm area. Just bring that out. David Lee goddamn Roth. I will howl however the fuck I <laughs> Apparently they did bring in uh, opera singers, all kinds of people, just to get the right howl. It was a big it was a big to do. Big well, to do, I any, any any student of music knows that opera singers don't have shit on David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. No shit, no shit. And on to our last topic. CNN sunk to reporting about the claims of depression seen on the film Avatar's official forum. Fans apparently are brooding over the fact that Pandora is only in their imagination, and that saddens the hell out of them. And they're like, you guys have to see some of these. You guys have, I don't know, have you read these quotes yet? Have you seen this stuff? No, no, I, no I was waiting till after I saw the movie. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot you haven't seen it. That's right. Yeah, I ended up seeing the movie this past weekend, by the way. Were you depressed yeah, th- leaving? Th- thanks for not promising me that you'd go see it with me. Because I don't think. I was thinking about calling you, but Greg told me not to because you yell at the screen a lot or something. And then I remembered watching Benjamin Button with, and you yelled at the screen then, too. I did not <laughs> yell at the screen. First of all, yelled at Cape Blanche and say, don't marry him, he's going to turn into a kid. <laughs> <laughs> don't go in there. Oh, sensible advice, by the way, for those of they, they never listen. They never listen. That's a fucking great joke. So Miriam's gonna turn into a cat. Oh, so 
some of the excerpts of the, from the forums, uh, which I can't believe CNN's reporting on this. Well, never mind. I can't believe CNN's reporting on it, but it's so funny, and this is why we're reporting on it because it's hilarious. And I, before I say these things, I'm going to preface it with I'm 100% sure that whoever wrote these things were just fucking around and aren't actually depressed, and that's what makes the story even funnier. But you just have to um, – for instance, I'll just start with one. I just watched Avatar a few weeks ago, and I'm feeling depressed and sad. It's like I want to reach out and be in Pandora. I'd do nothing to be in Pandora. I've tried so hard to dream about me being on Pandora, but it hasn't worked. That's quote number one. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I like that he's tried hard to dream yeah. about it. Yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> second one, it probably... into existence. Yeah, probably would be the, the most depressing, if, if not being completely fabricated. Uh, ever since I went to see Avatar, I've been depressed. Watching the wonderful world of Pandora and all the Navi made me want to be one of them. I can't stop thinking about all the things that happened in the film and all the tears and shivers I got from it. I even contemplate suicide, thinking that if I do it, I will be rebirthed in a world similar to Pandora and that everything is in the, is the same as in Avatar. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I, I don't know if I feel comfortable laughing at that. That's kind of frightening. I don't. If I truly believe that somebody was actually depressed and wrote that, I would be sad. But I'm confident that somebody like me found the forums and like, man, this is perfect, right for com- comedic possibilities, and just wrote it. But I don't yeah, know. This was being talked about. You know, the story, anyway. This story was being talked about at work, and it's funny because I came into work with a headache today, and you know, just kind of dragging, and my coworker immediately declared that I was being depressed after seeing the movie, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> that is oh, there's, funny. there might be a name for it, like Avid Depressed or something. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I hope that's not the name. Unobtainium, <laughs> hopefully. Unobtainium Pression. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow. Hey, Greg, stop. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm d- depressed after those. That's, <laughs> I'm, is it, can you name a fad? That's terrible. Oh man, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the last one just to get the la- I gotta get this off my rundown because at this point there is there isn't pretty much anything else that can be done until the release of DVD slash Blu-ray. But even that won't take away all of the all of the depression because you know you can never actually go to Pandora as it exists only in our imagination. Sigh, followed by an emoticon's un- unhappy face, and that's that's that people sums are gonna up, start suing James Cameron. That sums depression. up the feelings of uh, people leaving Avatar right there. The unhappy face, um, and the the one point five billion dollars or whatever it is up to. Uh, anyhow, that does it for our uh, Hollywood rundown, which we will be, of course, naming next week. Promise, Pinky Swear, Scout's Honor, etc. It will be done. Now, of course, is the time in our show that we do our fantastic movie reviews, which I think maybe need they maybe they may need a name too. Maybe uh, the movie. I'm telling you, Mickey Rourke's movie reviews. <laughs> Mickey Rourke's movie reviews. Yeah, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Uh, we'll throw it to the interns, have them toss around, see, let the writers get it. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, movie review time. And uh, James, how about you lead us off today? Uh, okay, uh, I ended up seeing a 2009 movie, uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood. Prince. I'm probably one of the last people to see it, but uh, finally saw that. Um, it was pretty good. Um, I haven't read any of the books or anything, so I don't know how well it stands up to any of that stuff, so I won't be giving any opinions <laughs> on that. But uh, um, My overall was, it was pretty good. Um, the beginning felt a little rushed to me. I don't know if anybody else has seen this and if they felt the same way, but it was it was. The beginning was very strange to me because it was kind of like a yada, 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 people are missing, okay, you're jumping into you know the action here. And 
the weird part about that is I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of action in this movie. Um, in all the other movies, Harry Potter's, you know, battling Voldemort and, you know, doing this and doing that. But in this one, all that happens really is he finds this magical book of, like, spells and potion making and he uses it, realizes it's kind of a bad influence on him, and then drops it. And that's pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a, a, What was that? I was going to say, and gives it to ex-female on the show. Like, this is the Lovey episode, right? I thought this was the Lovey episode. Yeah, yeah, they try to, you know, throw, like, the high school-style scenarios for Lovey. They make Ron to be out, you know, be like a doofus type type of character. Um, Harry Potter, you know, is looking to hook up with Ron's sister. Um, really? So I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's relationship issues everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing important really happens. Um <laughs> A couple of things, another thing that kind of happened that was kind of weird to me is he starts using this book that I was telling you about that he found. And the Necronomicon? Yeah, let's just yeah. call it that. Okay. And um, he ends up getting a fight with, uh, I forget the kid's name, you know, his uh, arch nemesis in the school. But anyway, he gets in a fight with him and uses a Malfoy. spell. That, yeah, Malfoy. Echo Malfoy, dude. And it definitely, like, you know, fucks him up and that freaks out Harry Potter and he gets rid of the book. And I didn't understand why, because if you didn't notice in the, like when he's paging through the book, you see the spell written there and that's the only way you kind of know that that's where the spell came from. They don't really talk about it. And that was totally lost on me. So I kind of thought that they should have brought that to a better light. Um, as I'm watching the movies, I'm starting to realize that my favorite characters are actually uh, Weasley's brothers. <laughs> they're, oh, they're yeah, just easy. Yeah, without a doubt. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not yeah. really involved in the story at all, but they're just constant, just entertaining, just you know, just doing whatever the hell they want and enjoying it type of thing. In my uh, opinion, the only part of the books that were worth a shit too. Um, oh, really? Yeah, the books yeah. were the same. Way. But uh, yeah, so I was I was really surprised by this. I mean, there's a big. Um, what should we call it? A big spoiler at the end that I won't spoil. But, oh, when uh, Snape kills Dumbledore? Yeah, Snape kills exactly. Dumbledore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, nothing really happens in this movie. It's very strange to me. It just seemed like Harry Potter was just like a bystander in his own movie, so it was kind of strange. Isn't that good? Less Harry Potter, the better. Have you seen this movie, yeah, yeah. Jeff? No? No, I read the book, though. Yeah. You know, so whatever. Um, I, I haven't seen it either, but hasn't all the movies been, they never, like, there's, I haven't seen any movie, I've seen all of them but this one, where there's just, there's not much direct fighting with Voldemort, period. Like, this seems like it's just well, more Well, he's not even fighting with anyone, though. Right, okay. I mean, there's always somebody he's fighting. I mean, he play, you know, he fights a little bit with, you know, these other people and, you know, stuff like that, but, I mean, he's never been totally out of it, and right. it seemed like this time he was, so it was just strange to me. So what happened to the book after everything? Uh, what happened? What happened? Uh, he ended up uh, having uh, Weasley's kid sister hide it from him, so he wouldn't be tempted to go look. The for kid it again. sister he's trying to get with. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. Boom. That's yeah. That's a that's a hook. So then later he can stop by and be like, "Hey, you still got that book?" And uh, yeah, yeah. Can... <laughs> um, and also <laughs> he just set it up for a booty call later. Basically, it's like, "Oh, I forgot that book with you." You know, Spencer uh, the Costanza. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love my keys. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, so awesome. Very, very strange adventure film. It was pretty good. But so yeah, rank out of out of Potters, is it your uh, number one or not what? Where's it place? Um, it's probably towards the bottom for me, actually. Ouch, ouch. Scathing review <laughs> after last week too, Jim. Scathing. I, I mean, I still liked it, but you know, just not very impressive. 
Right. Of course you did, because you're a fucking child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How about my review? Uh, I ended up seeing Mike Tyson. Uh, may, actually, it's maybe just called Tyson, but it's I'll call it the Mike Tyson's documentary. It's Mike Tyson's documentary. Conveniently that named That sounds like the, uh, like, like name for the episode, the next episode of our show. Right, right. Just for- delete that joke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fortunately, for the sake of my review, the title pretty much tells you everything you need to know. Um it's a movie. It's a the complete story of Tyson by Tyson for Tyson, pretty much. Is, is yeah, what. I watched it with him, yeah. so yeah, I'm gonna laugh a lot. I think. Um, I've never so he's seen tooting his own horn in this or what? Oh god! Well, I've never seen a documentary that's been so much. Just it's literally it starts with just a little bit of clips of him becoming the the champion when he was 19, I think it was, um, and then it goes to him talking. Uh, about his childhood, to him talking about, you know, getting trained from not being an asshole gangster to becoming a boxer, um, to him being becoming a champion, and then him talking about him later, and him talking about himself later, and just him talking nonstop for hour and 40 minutes, I think. There's no one else ever, other than, like, movie foot, like, just B-roll from other, like, interviews and just right. stock footage. There's it's just no other comments but him. Yeah, it's just him. So no one's interviewing him? He's just talking? Nope, nope, he's nope, just nope, talking. nope. Yeah, that's weird. Hey, you, would, you would believe that he's responding to questions, but it's yeah. just him talking. Yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> surprisingly, even with that, the movie's sort of interesting and sort of like a fiery car crash, can't look away kind of kind of deal. Because they talk about, he just talks about how fucked up he was and... It's funny because he, you can tell he's still fucked up. And I would be, I, like, I can't blame him. I'd be just as fucked up if I was him. Just, like, a tool for other people to get to the world championship or becoming the world the world championship boxer and then just getting completely mind-fucked for nine years. And, yeah, I wouldn't know what which way was up from then on either. But, uh, um, yeah, he's crazy. And having him talk about his world... Uh, <laughs> leads gives you some interesting pictures and uh he uses some colorful language from time to time and there was obviously some colorful language from the stock footage um there one thing scared cowards yeah <laughs> there was uh, like i had followed boxing a little bit in uh in my uh my younger years so some of this some of this stuff was in within my time frame i did not remember seeing a lot of the him becoming champion uh, i don't know what year that we was when he was young. yeah we, we were pretty, pretty young. young then and uh Jim, you probably remember that stuff yeah no, uh, that was like loud rock and roll music. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> there was, there was a, uh, but seeing the videos of him kicking people's asses was pretty crazy. Like I, I forgot how crazy of a boxer he was. He was, he was insane. But um, other than that, everything else was pretty uh, unimpressive. And I was, I signed up for this. I knew what I was getting into. But I'm surprised that they didn't get one other person's opinion the whole damn movie on what happened to Mike Tyson. And it's. I don't know. Maybe it was just because they they made this movie for with I don't know. Made it cost them twenty grand, and they're making who knows how much money off of it. I don't know, but because um, nobody wants to talk bad about them, right? <laughs> they're afraid to put somebody in a movie with them. Yeah, you want you want me to be on record talking shit about Tyson? Yeah, I'll sign up. Maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, avoid it if you want to see Mike Tyson talk and how crazy he is. Check it out, but. Otherwise, I would uh, I would shelf it, and never look at it ever again. Uh, yeah. So Jeff, you what do you got? 
What, well, I just wanted to comment real quick on the Tyson thing. Right. What kind of struck me about this is I really expected it to be like, uh, here's a look at a guy that the media has, you know, sort of taken out of context a right. lot. And he just winds up looking even crazier. By the <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like, like, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. So, it just, yeah. You guys think oh, I'm crazy. Let me give my side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Like your, your side of the story. Oh my God. And so, I don't know who to, like, I don't know who directed it. Uh, but uh, something to go back. Yeah. At some point, and it's Jim the same person who wrote it too. I don't know Jim what he had to write, but, uh, it's, there are definitely multiple shots of him just walking on a beach. They're like yeah. just classic, really just weird. <laughs> really weird. This is Mike being reflective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the stuff that he say, maybe he means it to be like funny, but it was above our head. Like, there's one part where he's talking about like the ty- the type of woman that he wants. And he's you know, like he starts out like I want a strong woman, not like physically strong, but like the CEO of a company, someone who can stand up for themselves. And he's on the beach, and you're looking, you're like, oh well, that's you know, I yeah. And he goes, then I want to dominate her sexually. Like, oh God, why? Like, why did you do that? Why are you on a beach for this? It started so well. <laughs> so. Yeah, I saw a movie. All right, um, I I saw I saw a blockbuster, something I don't normally uh, review for this show, um, but uh, I, I saw a blockbuster, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, uh, directed by the the great Sean Levy, um, who has directed uh, uh, let's see, such winners as the first Night at the Museum, the, first- uh, <laughs> the Pink Panther, and uh, the 2003 bombshell. Uh, just Married, starring Ashton Kutcher. Oh, and that's the, big. Uh, yeah, Ash- and the late, great Brittany Murphy. Um, so anyway, yeah, uh, what am I going to think about this movie? It's, 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 it's okay. Um, so actually, some pretty funny parts, particularly, uh, Jonah Hill has kind of like a bit role in it, like a bit, like very short part, and he and Ben Stiller riff off each other very, very well <laughs> for a short period of time, and that's hilarious. Um, Hank Can Azaria, you- Go ahead. Can you give a little bit? Like, I, I saw the first one. I don't understand how there could have been a sequel. Like, what even happened? Like, Smithsonian obviously wasn't where he was the first movie, but right. Okay, so yeah, why don't you give a little bit of a plot rundown? <laughs> um, very good. So, yeah, uh, Smithsonian. Uh, okay, so he, they were at the. Uh, have you seen the first one? Uh, did you see the first? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen the first. One. <laughs> um, they were at the Museum of Natural History in New York. Uh, the situation is, if you remember from the plot of the first one, Ben Stiller's character, Larry Daly, wanted to be like an inventor of sorts. So, okay, cut to a couple years later, um, after the first one's over. Larry Daly, founder, president of Daly Devices, such uh, such wow. devices as glow-in-the-dark flashlight. Pretty good idea, if you ask me. Um, and he's doing like infomercials and stuff, and he's very successful, clearly very successful. Uh, goes back to the Museum of Natural History to, just to see what's up, check in with his buddies. Um, and apparently the situation is that all the uh, wax figures, the little figurines, everything is being uh, boxed up and shipped to the Smithsonian National like Archives, like like underneath the Smithsonian, because they're doing like virtual tours instead, instead of having like wax people. Right. Okay. We involved. Okay. Now Robin Williams informs him. <laughs> That the, the, they will not be taking the uh, the tablet. Uh, you're familiar with the tablet from the first one, the thing that causes them all to come to life. Yeah, not right, be taking right. the tablet with them. 
Um, Robin Williams also not will not be going with them. He uh, his his statue will be staying there. So it's supposed to stay in New York. Remember Dexter, the little monkey. Oh yeah, oh, the yeah. one that the mischievous monkey, the mischievous, oh, monkey. The mischievous little monkey. <laughs> well, guess what? He takes the tablet. They get to Washington D.C. The tablet wakes up everybody, including uh, the common Ra. Common Ra being um, the uh, Egyptian bad guy, uh, played by Hank Azaria. Uh, very bad guy. Wants to get the tablet. Um, and, uh, you know, some major, major, major problems, uh, with him. He's a pretty funny character, though, played by Hank Azaria. So here's what happens. Hank Azaria wants to open up this, like, gate to the underworld using the tablet. That's awesome. Um, of course, Ben Stiller gets there and, uh, and sneaks in and, 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 and helps take care of it. But he, Hank Azaria, the common ra, he, um, he recruits, like, a little gang for himself of, uh, of bad guys. So not only does he have, like, his Egyptian spearman guys, but he's also got uh, Ivan the Terrible, played by K- Christopher Guest. Pretty excellent role for him. Awesome. Yeah. Um, by the way, I actually saw a special feature where they kind of like talk to him. Like they they do some stuff like where he was improving, and that stuff was way funnier than the stuff they left in the. Uh, anyway, um, that's sad. The, uh, Napoleon is another one uh, that that he picks up, and uh, Al Capone is the third um, bad guy in the. Uh, well, it's not a triumvirate or a pentaverate. I don't know what you call it. There's only four of them. Uh, so, it, it, of evil. So, for one night, they, in this one night, they're going to try and take over the world. Uh, let me just say, hijinks ensue. Uh, great roles. Amy Adams is in this. Uh, of she course. She Amelia Earhart. She's huge in it. Uh, there's a little romance thing between the Amelia Earhart character and Ben Stiller. Um, a lot of your old favorites from the first one. <laughs> Owen Wilson plays Jedediah again. All right. Um, All right. All right. Coogan plays Octavius. Ricky Gervais is really funny in it. He, yeah, same character. I was going to ask um, Gervais: Has he had a little bigger, like a bigger role at all in this compared to the first one? Uh, no? no, probably about the same size, right. but but still and good. Is Owen Wilson still phoning it in, or is he actually? Uh, um, is he know, doing anything know. respectable nowadays? Like, was he in? He wasn't in it, even in Fantastic Mr. Fox, uh, was he? Not since he did heroin. Um, right. <laughs> heroin was the last respectable thing he did. Um, <laughs> oh wow! So, wow. <laughs> Uh, new to this one, uh, Bill Hader, uh, who seems to be appearing all over the place, played General Custer, kind of a, kind of a funny role. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's about all I got about this one. Nice, nice. And you're, uh, you're, uh, you usually don't like Ben Stiller, right? <coughs> <'Cause>, yes, uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's alright in this, I don't know, you know, it's, it's an okay movie. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not bad, it's exactly it's the way you'd expect it yeah. to be, yeah. It's it, it's so whatever. I did a really long review of it for fun, but yeah, uh, there, you would think at some point. I guess this is beyond uh, kids movie funny, but you, I would like to see like the four bad guys. That's where you need to insert like oh, and they also have Socrates, who turns out he's a giant dick. Like he hates everyone, <laughs> and he the only wa- joke that they had like that at all was Ivan the Ivan, Christopher Guest as Ivan the Terrible. Claiming that it was a mis- that it was a mistranslation and that he was actually Ivan the Awesome, and that <laughs> his whole history had been like skewed by this mistranslation, and that he was a great leader. And I don't know, so that that was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah I, that that is a good idea. Like to have history, uh, yeah. history pegged me wrong. Yeah, that would be. I like that. <laughs> oh, excellent movie review. Excellent movie review. So as most of us great Americans all know, January 18th was Martin Luther King Day, the national holiday where we all celebrate the work King did and the message he stood for. Um, we decided here at uh, the movie hour just to take that 
a step further, and we try to find similar leaders among our favorite characters from uh, from our favorite movies. Sometimes not our so favorite movies, but I, kn- I know my picks ended up a little off target. Uh, maybe not in the spirit of things, but they're comedic uh, at least, if uh, nothing else. Uh, how do you guys end up faring? Uh, I actually ended up picking ones that uh, are fairly serious, at least you know in my eyes. Um, Some kinda- good leaders. Yeah, I, I got a you know a few of them. One being pretty obvious, one being kind of a, a reborn character, and one kind of being a a little more off the radar favorite. I, um, I, what was your before you get start? What uh, ended up being your guys' like criteria? Was it just like you just wanted some? Was it completely fictional character? Because I know we said beforehand like we're not going to do any like just historical figure in a movie situation. Um, was they were they completely fictional? And like what was your criteria beyond that? Yeah, all like mine are. <laughs> yeah, all mine are, are fictional, and they are, were all are in charge of people. I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. So in their movie, it wasn't like their character. When I watch it, man, I, that guy looks like a great guy. He's just the perfect person. Yeah. No, they actually showed on film him him leading some people. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jeff. How about you? Same situation. Yeah. You know, I just kind of thought about people that changed my life and uh, went from there. So did they influence the characters that were in the movie also, or just you? Um, definitely people in the movie. Okay. Maybe in some cases even more so than me. Ooh. ooh. All right. So, yeah, James, what did uh, what did you end up coming with? Uh, I'm curious. Um, well, let me start with my obvious one. I, I went with uh, the the probably overpicked for this kind of category. Uh, I'll go with Aragorn. Um, <laughs> yeah. Geek! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Four. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's hard to argue with somebody who you know starts off of movie chili you know, like babysitting hobbits, then like graduates to guarding a you know a fortress in Helm's Deep, and then ends up being the king at the end of the movie. Um, he's a pretty you know good and honorable guy, great warrior type thing. He's boring, but I, I think he's a, a correct choice in this category. But uh, so you know, I I, I kind of had to pick him. But uh, and ends, guys... ends up being King Martin Luther exactly. King. Mm. It's like it's like oh, there. Ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah, you didn't see that. I thought no, I no. be comfortable with these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was um, a joke. I thought it was awesome. My, my <laughs> second uh, nomination is uh, for the the reborn character, Mister Captain Kirk, who's just come back to the, the big nice. screen. Nice, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, the guy's just got loads of charisma. Um, he. He's a quick thinker, as you know, he can get out of you know no-win situations, that sort of thing. Just he's leading, probably I don't know what the the count is, but hundreds of people on the starship, and plus he bags all the babes. So you know, Captain Kirk has got to be towards the top of. He's a list. cheater, though. He's a cheater. cheater. Ah, but you know, he gets his people through, and you know that's what counts. Throws his face um, in authority. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then my uh, my third choice is more of a uh, more off the radar, you know, kind of lesser. I wouldn't say he's just not on a grand scale, I guess you can say. And that's uh, Captain John H. Miller, the Tom Hanks character from Saving Private Ryan. Um, he only he only commanded like seven to eight men, something like that. But, uh, but he did fucking A well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. You know, he was a great field officer, led by example. Um, he showed compassion and soul, but you know, still needed to, you know, still was stern when he needed to be. Um, my favorite uh, example of something like that is. Uh, when they decided to let the one German hostage go, and people were just throwing a fit about it, you know, mutiny was you know maybe happening, and he decides to defuse the whole bad situation by revealing his you know 
oh so secret occupation back at home and just kind of brings everybody back into the situation and you know gets control again um he's not a perfect guy but you know he's definitely human and he gives a good perspective and you know really hard time so i always liked him as a as a good leader so two things one uh the other cool thing about the saving private ryan situation with tom hanks was and this was a big everyone knew this was all over the press and stuff when it was actually coming out but um how tom hanks like pretty much just Put a, decided to put aside a, a monologue that his character was supposed to have. Like he's like, yeah, this isn't this isn't my character. You know, I'm just gonna toss this, even though it's gonna be a sweet part for him. Right. Yeah, I, I do remember really hearing cool. about that. Um, but uh, the other thing was, I noticed he picked pretty much military people all the way. Um, I guess Aragorn's what do you not mean? so. Like, oh, me. Every yeah. people that are literally in command of other people, like in yeah, uh, uh, morally and uh, yeah. You know, officially. I was thinking about you know. Picking King Jaffy Jaffer, but I decided not to. <laughs> he, he, he was up there for me. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Co- that, coming to America to... joke? Coming to America yep. joke? Yep. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, Jeff, uh, did you have also all uh, people that were literally in command of uh, others? Number one, the Emperor. <laughs> the nice, Emperor? Nice. Why would he make a great leader? Are you kidding me? That one, that, do you remember when Vader, who was a scary motherfucker himself, <laughs> when, when he told that one guy at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, like, yeah, it's fine with me. You're going to have to tell the Emperor, though, because he's coming. And the guy, like, almost, almost died right there on the spot. <laughs> do you remember that? That's I, the kind of leader that I like. Right. Just absolutely terrible. Not many people can put a leash on Vader, so, you know. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, a good point. That's a very good point. He pretty much just tricks Vader into hanging out with him and then uh, has him kill people for him. I get it. I get it. So Yeah, so that's number one. Uh, kind of went a little bit different direction with number two. Um, <laughs> you think? Mumble the Penguin from Happy Feet. Um, <laughs> Haven't seen that movie, actually. <laughs> yeah, don't. It's Neither. a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but Mumble's so, good in it, huh? Well, yeah, the whole point of the movie is that if penguins could manage to just be just a tiny bit cuter, then people would step up and stop global warming from happening. But they're just not quite cute enough, and that's where Mumble the Penguin comes in, because he learns how to dance. I thought that's what polar bears were for, to be cute. <laughs> no, 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 they're uh, they not for that. Um Happy so, Feet. Turns out there's going to be a Happy Feet too. did you know that? I don't know if you I, guys I knew are. that, yeah. Yeah. I, I have... Nightmares. Apparently they're still not quite cute enough. Well, yeah, the real penguins aren't. Stupid fucking penguins causing global warming. They so need somebody did, like Mumble to lead them. Did he lead them and teach them like how to dance, all of them? Or yes, what? yes, that was the issue, was that they weren't they weren't quite cute enough, so people were like, yeah, we don't give a shit. And then they all learned how to dance in unison, and people were like, hey, you know what we should do? Stop global warming. Mumble. <laughs> So was Kevin Bacon from Footloose your third pick, or did you have? Uh, a... <laughs> he would have been had I thought of it, but no, <laughs> I went, I went at yet a third direction, and uh, I picked Gene Hackman's character, uh, Coach Norman Dale. Oh, that was one of my picks. Was it really in Hoosiers? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. What do you mean? Was it really great oh. movie? Great guy. Yeah. All right, well, run with it then. Go. No, really, actually, I, I, I had him on my list, but he didn't make. I have three I wanted to, you know, talk talk about. You're telling me, because that was, that was my last one. You're telling me better than the Emperor, better than Mumble, the other ones were? I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. Anyways, Hoosier's great movie. Gene Hackman being the sort of tough love kind of guy ends up 
pretty much winning the respect of a town and his team and leading him from nobodies to the championship of Indiana, tough nonetheless. Love. Tough love. Did you say yeah. tough love? I did say tough love, yeah. Not yeah. twice though, right? <laughs> Actually, now I have. Uh, anyways, uh, a good pick. Uh, and he was on my list, my short list. He got... He didn't make the cut along with James Woods from Diggs Count. Diggs Town also didn't make the cut. And uh I was gonna pick William Wallace from Braveheart, but since that's sorta loosely based on the real William Wallace, uh I uh didn't. So um what but the thing is though, I ended up actually picking people that were also loosely based um on uh on real events, and so I sort of sold sold out on that. Uh so yeah, number one. Uh I'm surprised you guys didn't mention this one. Uh, Robin Williams' character John Keating in Dead Poet Society, which he's not in command of anybody, but but he is a captain. He's a newcomer. Oh, nice, oh, captain, <laughs> my captain. Um, anyway, comes in to uh private private high school, I guess it would be uh a, a boarding school, and I think it's supposed to be in Delaware or something in the movie. Anyways, uh, new teacher, br- pretty much breaks the norm, throws caution to the wind. You know, another thing where he's got like his face in the in the in the Pretty much head headstrong against authority. Sorry, I can't talk. And uh, Wait, I was listening. Are we talking about Dangerous Minds? <laughs> uh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's character in Dangerous Minds. Um, yeah. Anyways, Michelle Pfeiffer's character doesn't talk about how cool poetry is and convinces everyone about how badass it is either. So uh, back off. Although I think she does teach him like some like physical defense maneuvers or something like uh, some tai chi or something. Probably uh, a little bit more useful than uh, <laughs> poetry, but hey, whatever. I mean, we all was, have our own leaders. Was Michelle Pfeiffer's character or character uh, was she nominated for uh, best actress? Because uh, uh, no, her character. Rob- was Robin, <laughs> Robin Williams. Robin Williams was nominated for best actor for uh, his role, and uh, one of my win it, one of it's it's a good movie and probably one of my favorite. And uh, so I, wait, wait, wait. So let's just compare. Um, let's compare You're... Mumble to Robin Williams. <laughs> okay. Uh... Mumble stopped global warming. <laughs> Did Robin he really? Williams taught like eleven kids to like poetry. Right, right, right. Did he really um, stop but... global warming? Why are they making a yeah, second I'm one? I'm telling you, watch this movie because <laughs> probably war. I mean, there are other problems. <laughs> Just ask Mumble. Now he's there to anyhow dance people from starvation. A good leader and uh, a person to look up to. Good guy. Uh, sort of plays the father figure, which I don't think Mumble did, or Mumbles. Which, by the way, wasn't it Mumbles and Dick Tracy? Like, he, uh, I'm pretty sure that role was already been already played is by... That, uh, is that, is that going to be your joke about Mumble? <laughs> Mumble can handle that and then some. That's your best joke? Is, is it uh, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman joke? already played it, yes. That's all you got? You're going to have right. to come stronger than that if you want to take down Mumbles. Number two. Mumble. Number two. Uh... Norma Ray from the uh, self-titled role and movie Norma Ray, uh, and I know we've talked about this before. Uh, played by Sally Field, um, and this is right up in terms of the Martin Luther King alley. Uh, it's on that pace. I know we're just doing leaders here, but um, pretty much, mom, working mom with a uh, I think I think it was, I don't remember if her husband was a drunk or not. I don't think it was. Uh, but anyways, has her whole family works for this uh, textile mill. I forget where it's supposed to be. And it's a story about 1979, uh, people, was it 1979? I think it was 1979. Um, pretty much forming a union when they were, uh, very, a very taboo topic and everybody would be physically threatened, uh, actually even for their lives if they were even to discuss it. Um, and pretty much standing against authority, 
bringing his the workers together for a great cause that ended up being best for all the workers. And uh, I guess this goes with the emperor, where she went from party to party, convincing them to join her side for good. At least that's what emperor would say too. The emperor would have said that. Um, and ends up winning in the end, and turns out she actually won Best Actress for it too, which is big time. But also a pretty, a very good, a uh, very good role model for for women. She uh, took a very strong leading role in it, and I think uh, I think seriously that it's a very uh, very good story. And again, this one, uh, the Norma Ray story was uh, supposedly uh, based on like a true life union organization. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I got it here. Uh, the na- the name instead of Norma Ray, it was Crystal Lee Sutton. Uh, who helped form a union uh, at J.P. Stevens, apparently, wherever that is. Anyhow, a good movie and a good leader. And I have one last one, and this one's uh, on a whole different whole different uh, uh, world. That's how good it is, and this is more on Jeff's, Jeff's route. Uh, Rocky Balboa, specifically Rocky Balboa and Rocky IV, the one uh, where he goes uh, head-to-head with Dolph Lundgren, mainly because he was pretty much able to... Stop the, an entire stop the Cold the War. Stop the Cold War <laughs> in one foul swoop when he beats foul Dolph Lundgren. Not foul swoop. Did I say foul? Foul swoop. Yeah, F-E-L-L. Yeah, fell. yes. Um, drops him and then pretty much befriends him and says the famous quote, if I can change and you can change, we can all change. And I, I have that written all over my walls and... I have it posted. Yeah, tattooed on my ass, as Jeff apparently knows, and it's all over at the studio too. It's everywhere. Everyone asks me about it. I'm like, yeah, Rocky Four. Ever seen it? And uh, changes the world. And uh, I'm I'm happy that it's all over the studios. Pictures of his naked ass everywhere, (laughs) all over the studio. So yeah, Rocky Balboa, a very unseen. You wouldn't have thought Rocky Balboa would have been on the leader list, but he is. And uh, I I hope you guys take these these people these characters and idolize them because they're uh, they're big especially time. May- mumble maybe mumble mumbles is better but maybe mumble uh, and yeah I think uh, I think that was a terrific terrific list and you guys you guys did a very good job that was a good list and uh, yeah with, with due respect to Doctor King's birthday it really had nothing to do with that but uh, yeah terrific <laughs> list John Keating way to go. Uh, yeah, so that brings us to our last feature of the feature of the show, the Parker Posey play along. Everybody's favorite Parker Posey play along. We need that. We need that. Uh, that jingle. ditty. We need that ditty jingle. Whatever. Yeah, anybody want to write a ditty for us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last Parker Posey play along, which was uh, last week, brought uh, brought to you by Greg. It was genius. Uh, what movie character or characters uh, play the role of comic relief the best, and why? Uh, just a couple of co- just a couple of comments. Uh, pick out on Jim P. His posts. He noticed a couple. He made a couple funny ones, jokes at the expense of Batman Forever, which I did not appreciate. But uh, he did also mention. Uh, I forget. I also forget the guy's name. Uh, the guy that makes all the uh, uh, nasty uh, X-rated jokes in Predator was a very good comic relief guy. And we're not talking about Jesse the Body Ventura because everyone knows who Jesse the Body is. It's the other guy. Um, yeah, the no name. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, With the glasses. And, uh, His name was like Hawkins or something. Yeah, that's yeah. a character. Um, anyways, very good pick. And he also picked. Uh, uh, it wasn't the Joker from Saving or Saving. Now I want to say Saving Private Ryan. Full Metal Jacket. Who did he pick from Full Metal Jacket? I don't remember. Picked the sergeant, the the drill sergeant. Did he? 
Yeah, it's terrific yeah. comic relief. Yeah, terrific. I actually liked his Ned Beatty Superman pick because Otis is hilarious. Yeah, that is true. Um, anyhow, uh, thank you all for the posts, and again, uh, any all your we appreciate all your answers, all your participation, and uh, just a general thank you guys for listening. You guys are great. Uh, and uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to Jeff's Parker Posey play along. All right, all right, pay attention, kids. I got a good one. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a change up this week. Uh, <laughs> it's something so, good this week. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the theme of this episode, the theme. Anybody who can guess it gets gets a point. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> all right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit of background on this. There are classic comedy movies: uh, Animal House, Caddyshack, um, Dumb and Dumber. I think will, will become that. There, there are these just these movies that you would assume that in like 20 years probably will still be considered the classic comedy movies of an era. Dumb and Dumber. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm serious. I think like, uh, and I think like Superbad might be that from from this uh, from this period. Anyway. So, and I could be dead wrong about that, but y- you know what I'm talking about. They're like the, they're, there's a kind of a canon of classic comedy movies. What's your favorite comedy movie that is never going to make it into this? Um, Greg, questions? No, well, I'm just thinking, I'm going through my head of all the other comedy movies I could have named before Dumb and Dumber, and uh, my, the list is growing, but uh, I, would I, like, I would like to hear those. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, airplane, top secret, Ghostbusters. Yeah, air, yeah airplane uh, for sure. Yeah, airplane's a great answer. Absolutely. I, uh, you know, just want to name right. a few. Right, right. Um, um, and a newer one is what I wanted to name. God damn you! All right. So, um, if there are no questions, uh, I'm going to start mine with Kingpin. Uh, fantastic movie. Hilarious. A million great lines in it. Bill Murray at his best. Woody Harrelson, absolutely hilarious. Couple of stupid jokes, a lot of stupid jokes, but some just absolutely phenomenal jokes in that movie. Very quotable, very, very, very rewatchable and re rewatchable. Um so yeah. Kingpin. So was quotable like a, a requirement for for this in your in your mind? Like something that would I'd be... say to make it a classic, yeah, it would need to be Yeah, I would say that they tend to be that way. Hmm. That's tough. That's a, that's a thinker. Maybe that, that, that you love it, but it will it won't make it to that level. Because I'm I'm saying one that won't make it to that level. Um, but it, maybe the reason it won't make it to that level is because it's not quite as. So I'm gonna walk around quoting this movie, and no one else is gonna know it. Right, right. But it's they're great quotes. Maybe. Hmm. Um, Jim, I, I've got an it? answer. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Jim. And. It was, I don't know if it's the best answer for me right now, but uh, it's, it's the one I can think of, so I'm going with it. Um, I'm going to pick, and I don't remember what year, but I'm going with uh, Joe versus the Volcano. Wow. Oh, good pick. Yeah. Good pick. <laughs> uh, I, I well, like this movie. Uh, me and you know a select few of my friends who I know, you know enjoy this movie, we, we've quoted this in the past and think it's hilarious. and I, It's definitely a little quirkier and... Just a little more offbeat than your normal, just straight comedy type stuff. But uh, and it's, I know it's widely considered a pretty big flop. So I, I know for sure it's not going to make the uh, one of the all-time great uh, comedy lists ever. But uh, yeah, so I'm going with uh, Joe versus Volcano. I think Tom Hanks does a great performance. Uh, Meg Ryan actually plays like two or three people in it, and it's pretty good. I actually used the quote of from that movie today. Actually, there's a there's kind of a 
a pseudo dramatic scene in it and uh Meg Ryan has no idea how to respond and she just says I have no response to that and that's you know her response and I use that today actually <laughs> I have no response to that and so you know I definitely do the uh, the quotable thing on it too then so uh yeah that's my answer Tom Hanks in the 80s period like you could go through that whole decade of his and just have a night of laughter like he was yeah, he yeah. was unstoppable and uh, yeah but some of his will I think be one of the greats I mean I know Big's not a straight-up comedy, but I, I think it falls more in the comedy than your drama. But I think a lot of people respect that movie quite. Yeah, a bit. I would say I would say that that'll go down as one of the greats for sure. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah man, uh, you've got the well, the Burbs. I don't know how big that is. Burbs, and then, love it. Money Pit, uh, Money Pit's one that he's yeah. got a great performance. Splash. In. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we right, you know who Tom Hanks is. I have an I have an answer. And it's definitely not making anybody's anybody's uh, list. Um, We're talking intentional comedy, by the way. It's yeah. a Monster Squad. <laughs> this is this is intentional no comedy. No, for. it's not Monster Squad. It's it's close. Kindergarten Cop, nineteen ninety. Good answer. Has has intentional comedy, which was which is what we were just talking about. I think about. it's got both. And yeah. yeah, and has just Arnold Schwarzenegger at his best, trying to be an actor. And, uh, oh God, it's, I don't, I guess this is a way quote, this is really quotable though. A, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and all the stupid soundboards of Arnold Schwarzenegger out there. Mm-hmm. And then all the stupid shit that kids say. So I, yep. I've quoted yep. it, but I think, I, I've heard people quote this, but I don't think anyone considers it a serious comedy. And I, I, this movie cheers me up every yeah, time. Yeah, I'd have to agree that I don't think I it's think in a really danger of being on the best list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time uh, our mutual friend Josh told told me that that was in his top hundred favorite movies, and I and I, I couldn't believe it. I, I was I was perplexed. Oh, I, you've got to see the humor in it, man. You, ha- you no, I think I, I I think I just haven't seen it in such a long time that I that I don't recognize. I don't remember like the Arnie humor in it. Right. I just remember like the kid humor. Yeah, if there's some good physical humor in it too, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger dwarfing all these kids walking around like it's. It, oh, man, it's great. You got to see it. Um, anyways, that's that's my pick and a good question. A good question. And I guess yeah, if, if you like that question, if you could state it one more time for the boards, and we'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, a good uh, a comedy movie that you love, but you know will never be a classic. Why you love it? Why it'll never be a classic? Awesome. We'll uh, take the question to gungapit.com. We'll always have it there, and of course, we'll put it up on the Facebook page if you search the Movie Hour. Uh, you'll find us, and we are. We're here for your your input, and we'll bring up your question or your answers. I mean, uh, next week, and uh, yeah, good question, good podcast. I'm, uh, I think we're actually a pretty long podcast too. Hope we hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, James and Jeff, thank you for the input. I hope everyone enjoyed. And drive safe. Take care, everyone. I will see you guys later. The Hank Azaria Hazard Area Movie Hour. Yeah. Those quotes aren't nearly as ridiculous as I expected them to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, I, just, I just expected, like, just off the wall, like, I don't know what I even expected. I colored myself blue and went to... <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Like, my friend and I tried to, like, it just... I'm convinced it's out there somewhere. I'm building a rocket. I don't know. For all you I'm building a rocket. Trying to collect money. That, that's for sure. That would, yeah, that's even more for sure. Just completely. I should do that. I'm hopping on. We need to find these forums and get involved immediately. Like.
I'm building a rocket. Anyone that wants in, it's going to cost you $2,000. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Uh, it's Half the people in the roulette on the rocket are going to be from Haiti, so you're really kind of donating to a good cause. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect.